0: This is the War on 94 Sports Podcast, your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schleinzer.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. It's Frank with Evan, as always, here to bring you everything in the world of Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, how are we feeling?
0: Uh, The intro says it best. Uh, We got off All-Star Weekend, and now it just feels like between football offseason news, Mm -hmm. getting the NBA back on track, Mm -hmm. baseball taking forever and a half, (laughs) <laughs> fucking sucks to wait dude. Yeah. like what do we watch on tv what do we do all we, what have do, we is, do all we
1: have right now is college basketball and i can only do so much of that at the moment i am
0: a little bit a little bit of college baseball too yeah yeah that's, that's hard that's hard. yeah
1: that's hard to get into you know there's 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 college softball there's soccer there's European soccer on.
0: There's soccer, That's Champions League back.
1: Champions League, yeah. But then the Olympics
0: are over. It's eh, just, right. it's just
1: not. It's not the same. No football on. Sundays. I think
0: we're coming to the conclusion is that we're spoiled as sports fans most of the time. Sure, the three days of of, of, of nothing is. <laughs> <laughs> like spring
1: training should be going on. You know we, yeah. we we should be getting excited. We should be, but we're waiting. We just continue to wait. But we're back. We're back. We're giving you a show. Despite the fact that we felt like we didn't have a lot to talk about. Turns out we got a good amount to talk about. So let's get into it. You and I, when we sit down long
0: enough, we can think about things to talk about.
1: Yeah, let's not waste any more time. We know we both love to talk. So let's get into it. We'll start with the best thing we saw this week. You want to get us going?
0: Yeah. Why else were we blessed with these microphones? The best thing I saw this week, actually you've mentioned soccer. It's where I'm going to stick with this. I think you, and you might too. Don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but I'm going to go over overseas. Uh, Premier League, obviously mentioned that I'm a big Manchester United fan previously on this podcast. It's not their upcoming tie with Atletico that has me the best thing I saw a week. It's actually the 20 year or 19 year return long awaited return of a very historic rivalry for Manchester United. Back in the 90s, a, a team called Leeds United was actually pretty dominant in the Premier League scope of things. And they're the other way from Liverpool, about an hour, hours drive. Mm-hmm. And it's a hotly, I mean, they, they have no love for for the boys in red. And this was the first time in 19 years they had played with fans in the stadium back at Leeds Stadium, or Leeds Leeds. Yeah. Leeds stadium. Yeah. That's not the actual title, but Ellen road. Thank you. Back at Ellen road. And, and I was listening to a podcast, you know, with a lot of soccer these days, it feels like the stadiums are all new and corporate and, you know, fancy shiny. Mm -hmm. Ellen road is anything, but it's a classic, you know, stuck in the nineties kind of just, you know, square walls. Yeah. Tight knit roofs and fans that are, ready to give their like their earful and and they they showed up and they showed out i mean honestly one of the most insane premier league moments i've seen they scored two goals in the span of a minute off off a halftime and it felt like they just won the title and you know there was there was there was the good and the bad they're given they're given the man the manchester boys like all the all the talk and all the stuff and then you know obviously got a little too crazy throwing shit on the field and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it felt like a proper like what what if you watch a Championship League game feels like it felt like a proper just dirty you know muddy raining all grit no grace Premier League soccer match definitely and it was it felt like you're walking, watching a blast from the past it was it was fun to watch for me uh, thankfully our Manchester United got the victory but I just fun to partake in either way uh, you know soccer's a different sport yeah
1: it's a especially whole different when it's played piece. like that especially in England too. It's just a whole different thing. Like, I mean, we love watching, you know, the Barcelonas and the Real Madrids, the PSGs of the world, Bayern Munich, and what all the teams that come along with those. But there's something about soccer in England in the rain. You know, the fans full-throated just being able to be their boisterous selves. And the fact that these teams get to meet again. uh, It feels right that Leeds United is back in the Premier League. Oh, it, absolutely! It feels right that they're able to, you know, return to this heated rivalry with Manchester United, and you hope it sticks around for a while. Both these teams, obviously Manchester United up near the top, Leeds United still trying to kind of weather the storm down towards the bottom half of the table, but I think they're going to stick it through, and we're going to see this carry on for a couple of years at least. More, hopefully, we don't have to worry about them leaving anymore.
0: As we deserve, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're 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 sitting kind of pretty right now, up into 15th, few points mm-hmm. clear of relegation. Hopefully that holds the rest of the season, as you said. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just just a fun, fun atmosphere. Completely different from, as I said, you know, Arsenal or wherever, you, you know, Man City, Man United, the corporate-ass sure. stadiums that we have now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to stick with the world of soccer for mine. Um, my best thing we saw this week goes to a topic that's been – Hotly contested for the last, I would say the last three years for sure. It's been obviously talked about before that, but really came to light in the summer of 2019. The U.S. Women's National Team wins the World Cup in France and chance of equal pay rang out throughout the stadium from the team, from the from the supporters. You know, it was it was a call that, you know, is very near and dear to this team and to a lot of people who watch this sport. And, you know, women's sports in, in general. And today was a landmark day for that as the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, agreed to a settlement with the women's national team that has been, you know, this this lawsuit has been going on for several years now, but they agreed to pay a total of twenty four million to the team, twenty two million in a lump sum and then another two million to be put into a fund which will be uh, used for charitable efforts and post playing career, you know, situations for these, for these players. And it's, you know, they still have to go through the CBA and get everything approved and everything, but it really looks like this has gone through and it's, it's really great because this team has been such great role models for young women and young men, honestly, in how to be a team, how to, you know, fight for each other, play as one, and just the unselfishness that this team has shown through, I mean, decades of playing together, not even just this generation, but generations before. uh, They are a great example for anyone who wants to play any kind of team sport. So for them to get what they deserve is truly amazing. And now even and the most important part going forward now men and women in the US national team system will be getting equal pay for friendlies and tournaments including the world cup something that was they fought tooth and nail for and it was a victory today for a great cause
0: yeah yeah a big a big victory and definitely better late than never just kind of baffling to me from the beginning that mm-hmm. an organization the size of the u.s soccer federation could find it in them to not pay equally when right. people do the same thing and actually one not could argue not even do you know, the not, same thing i say well I say one could argue that and i don't even really argue because back-to-back world cup winners the <laughs> u.s women's team has done far more than the men's not that the men's have been disappointing by any stretch but yeah it's a landmark moment for a team that deserves every bit of it and has been fighting for it for years as you said and just really happy and excited for the future of women's football with that happening and I guess the future of the sport in general as you said inspiring generations to come hopefully
1: yeah pretty amazing so very happy to see that I'm glad that that whole fight is over and now they can really just focus on playing and winning which is what they do best so they have a new, a new talented generation coming in, you know, led by players who have, you know, took part in that 2019 World Cup victory and new ones who continue to, to come up through the system. So it's very exciting as we head into another World Cup cycle for the women starting next year um, in 2023. They'll be in, it's in Australia and New Zealand. So that'll be a fun, a fun tournament to look forward to as we also yeah. look forward to the men coming this fall. In Qatar, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can qualify for that. Looking good at the moment.
0: But Looking good at the moment. Did yeah. you see, before we'd leave from that, did you see quickly uh-huh. the they're playing this She Believes Cup? Yes. And there was a game this weekend they played. Did you see the unfortunate New Zealand defender? Oh, I or the scoreline from it?
1: Yeah, about as brutal as you can get. Patrick of a, own uh, goals. Just yeah, three own goals in, in the first half. And didn't even and the and the poor defender didn't even make it out of the first half before she was subbed off in the fortieth minute. But three no, just consecutive got own that. goals. Like
0: there's no confidence anymore. <sighs> yeah. It just shocking scenes. It's just like you, you no matter who you are, you just can't help but feel yeah, the fifth start, minute, the sixth minute, and the thirty sixth minute. Oh,
1: fifth and sixth minute. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Brutal. So, Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you next year hosting the World Cup and and making your nation a lot more proud and yourself a lot more proud. Seriously. (laughs) Move on from this. (laughs) No
1: kidding. No kidding. Speaking of moving on, let's talk quickly. Let's do a little All-Star Weekend review. You mentioned it, you mentioned it, you know, that we're, you know, we've been kind of going through that now it's over and we wait for NBA to start again this coming Thursday, but Kind of a up and down weekend, mostly up, mostly up in Cleveland. I mean, I think it starts with the Rising Stars tournament on Friday. Really fun concept. They just started four teams, split up between sophomores, rookies, and G leaguers instead of the traditional one game. Yeah, this
0: year the G leaguers.
1: Yeah, instead of one game between the world versus the USA or you know they've done it in the past where they've drafted teams, but I thought this was more fun and it created a more competitive environment they had they had a set score that they each each game needed to get to and i felt like it made it a little less kind of like dunk contest no defense sort of game into a like guys were locking people up you know as it got closer and closer to that yeah. to that target score.
0: I mean that, that that we're jumping ahead here but that's in the same format as the All-Star game too and the addition of that to this weekend is really just I mean it's the best thing this sport has done. They have mm-hmm. I think among the four major sport leagues have mastered the the All-Star weekend competition yeah. with that. No I doubt. mean the fact that you can get get the expo of Steph just making the threes from all places all over the court and and, you know, Giannis on Chris and all these different matchups in that game. And then and then also have these these hard defensive stands 10 minutes later as you're nearing that target score. Just such a highly entertaining format. I didn't watch mm-hmm. the the future stars game because I was watching the celebrity game because Miles Garrett and a lot of Cleveland stars. I'm Cleveland biased. So you yeah. had to be watching. And my freaking mayor was out there battling. He only like yeah. two points. So Justin hey. Bibb. I, I you, think Justin the first did. mayor to ever do it. So go off. But it just, the only down, you said up and down, the only down was a dunk contest. I think that's where you're going to go with that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I feel like the all-star Saturday, I feel like the Saturday night skills, the whole like Saturday night thing was, eh, just, it, it feels a little stale. The skills competition was, was okay. They tried to switch it up this year and do teams again. That was fine. The three point contest is, it is what it is. I mean, they always have, a lot of stars in there, which I like to see. Zach Levine, I think it's time to hang up the old three-point shooting contest uh, <laughs> because he's three years in a row got knocked out the first round. He really, really wants to be the first player to ever win the three-point contest and the dunk contest in their career. There's never been anybody who's done that before. But it just seems
0: I, like it ain't happening. <laughs> I just don't think he's
1: the guy. I don't think he's the guy to do You're it. You're not but that guy. But somebody
0: down the way. You're not that guy, line,
1: but then the dunk contest. Yeah, I didn't want. I don't want to dwell on it too much. But it was
0: your trash. Uh, Put stars back bad. in the dunk contest. That's it. That's that's it. Yeah. Put stars back in the dunk contest. It's
1: just or don't have it. Like honestly, it used to like, be,
0: or don't have it. It used to be the spectacle. It used to be. I mean, you know, the iconic moments of Carter, right? Who has yeah. their, his his forearm in the yes. hoop, and you know Iverson. Mashing up Kobe Bryant back in Cleveland his rookie year. Yeah. You know, the last time it was Jordan here. versus then, Dominique you know, you Wilkins. Even, exactly. Alzheimer. And you know, even more into the future with Magic, or not Magic, Julius Randle. Who Superman and Piss Shackle. Oh, no, Howard. No, 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 no. Dwight more Howard. Recently. Howard. Dwight Howard. Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yes. look at all these, you know, young stars, even. I, Obi Toppin, cool guy. Uh. Yeah. fun story. I've, I don't want to watch him in the dunk contest. Give me stars. Give me people I know. Get Ja in there. What? Yeah. Oh. I
1: have a I have a solution for a new format. Okay. I think they should do a meet me at the rim contest where they have one guy who is coming down the lane, another guy who is protecting the basket. And they meet at the rim and try to see who can stop who. Who if the guy can the one guy dunk on the other guy, or can the other or can the one guy block the shot? I feel like that'd be kind of fun. Imagine seeing Rudy Gobert going up against like a a John Morant, or you know, or a a Zach Levine coming down the lane against Miles Turner. Like I don't know, it's something different. I think of slam ball. You ever watch slam ball growing up? I did not know. Okay, so slam ball—that's ball a, refer- is- That's a slam reference ball lost on. Slam ball is trampoline basketball. Oh, wait a second! It's, it's mixed with football. They wear pads. They can hit each other. But in slam oh, ball, if you yeah. got a penalty, so there's a thing called a penalty where you can come down the lane. One guy coming from the side trying to block the shot. The other guy coming from the middle trying to dunk on the guy. It always led to a very entertaining finish. I don't know how many guys would be willing to get dunked on. I say
0: it's basically the don't get postered contest. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, it, and it'd it, be
0: tons of fun for the neutral, but I don't, I can't see many guys lining up for that. I
1: feel like a lot of guys would kind of, yeah. Cause they don't like, I mean, nobody likes getting postered on, of course. No. But the dunk contest has become stale. I mean, you need guys who are going to bring more exciting things. I mean, help. Get some guys off YouTube who are just like literally like dunkers, and just let them do it. Like we don't, and that's fine. We don't need to have all these young guys. Like we've seen almost everything you can do, but these guys on YouTube can do so many different things that we've never seen that we don't think of. So let's let's get those guys. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this, look up Jordan Kilgallen on on YouTube. And you'll you'll see what I mean.
0: Yeah, I'll have to save this for later.
1: Yeah, moving on from the bad, the uh, All Star game, like you said, the actual All Star game is it stands alone. There's no other All Star game that comes close to it. It is fun, entertaining, and then the fourth quarter comes around and it becomes the 20 best players in the NBA going at each other. It it turns into a great event for everyone. They had the NBA 75 at halftime. That was super fun to see all those so guys together. And then LeBron, like you I mean you mentioned Steph, 16 three-pointers like he is an alien. And then you had LeBron in Cle- back in Cleveland hitting a oh game-winning shot that we've seen him hit, you know, so many times in the Cavs uniform and he hits this just impossible fadeaway to to hit the to hit the number win the game. You know, awesome, awesome storybook ending. Yeah. I mean, there's no, but there's no, there's no all star game that's even comparable, really.
0: No, no, not at all. And it it, it partially is because basketball has that free flowing scoring. True. Sure. You know, as you said, the, the, to, to get the, to get to the number, it's harder to put in. I mean, NFL maybe, but like, I mean, how the hell are you going to peg a number on that? Like baseball, like first one to seven wins. Like, right. I mean, it could take 40 innings at the rate these Honestly, guys are like, pitching these pro, days. Like,
1: Baseball might as well just if they want to do that they might as well just switch to like a sixteen and softball game, like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, that's an idea because I was gonna ask. I'm like baseball. Oh, I, I, it wasn't actually about this. It was I don't know if you ever tuned to the the Shack like the TNT crew did like a yeah. like a Manningcast ask broadcast. Did yeah. you tune into that at all? I, I started on there
1: and then I sw- I, I kind of was like okay Same. I had to switch over yeah. to the regular game the broadcast because I didn't want to listen to. Chuck and Shaq like the whole time, Just but bitch
0: all night, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, put, it, it was entertaining for a bit. And I was listening to a baseball related podcast. And who would, if you try to do that in the NB, MLB, who are you putting on that broadcast? Like the Manning is obviously have made the Manning cast a thing, mm-hmm. and that's a great format. This was an attempt in the NBA to replicate that, and it, I think it largely worked out well. I mean. Tell tell Shack and Chuck to cool their rivalry for like thirty <laughs> minutes, maybe. Yeah,
1: and people love the love the TNT crew, which I also really enjoy them. I do too. MLB, yeah, absolutely. MLB. I mean, like Dallas Braden comes to mind. Like he's he's a very eccentric character. Yeah, there's no one like on the level of like a Shaq or a Peyton Manning who like from MLB could come. I mean, like I feel like A Rod is like so insufferable. That's Big exactly it. Like A Rod is Big the Poppy best Poppy might be we have good. Right
0: Poppy could be Poppy fun. could
1: be good. Like Poppy and Pedro Martinez would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Not a lot of guys come to mind, honestly. As far as like that I, level I, of talent and like legendary guys like who could be as entertaining.
0: Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like NBA's got that figured out yet. But or NBA, MLB, I don't know. Just, as you said, the 75 celebration, the pomp and pantry, the fact that they have that stage and, like, the dope-ass intros, like, started all off. Mm-hmm. And the reception LeBron had, it was such a great weekend for LeBron and his storyline and his the, the love that Cleveland will always have for him. Yep. And, and the once-every-five-year cycle of the LeBron-to-Cleveland rumors... Because mm-hmm. they started back up. If you were paying attention to the athletic, but I, I I walked away thoroughly entertained and and actually truthfully, like not that I wasn't already, but even more excited to watch the end of the NBA because it's just so fun when 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 good good NBA play is just it's such a fun thing to watch. And that's what, sure. all that was. It was just yeah, star on star. Yeah. Well, now that the
1: All Star Weekend is over, let's talk a little NBA as both of our teams sit. Inside the top four currently in the NBA Eastern Conference standings, Bulls tied for first with the Miami Heat and the, while the Bucks are tied for third with the Sixers and the Cavs. It's going to be a very very tough road for both of our. To put it yeah. plainly, the 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 Bucks have the hardest schedule left in the NBA, the Bulls have the second hardest schedule and it's very it I mean, it's like by a 0.01 percentage point. Like they are neck and neck for that that dubious the honor. most
0: the most coveted position to be in at this <laughs> right. phase of the year.
1: Exactly. So, we wanted to instead of kind of breaking down what they need to do or whatnot. Let's look at the most important sort of measuring sticks for our teams during these final, I think there's 23 games left, 20, 22, 20, every game, every team has between 22 to 25 games left, I believe. Um, so yeah, during this final run, I didn't want to call it the second half of the season because it's not even a half. It's a, the final quarter of the season. What sticks out to you? Give me your give me your first one.
0: Uh well, the first start is right off the All-Star break. This Saturday, Bucks open up at home against the new-shaped Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. and start a run of six games that is the Nets, the Hornets, the Heat, the Bulls and the Suns, mm. ending on March 6th back at home. So that's a that's 2 weeks of hard-nosed basketball yeah and that is gonna very quickly tell us if this bucks team you know adding a baka back into the mix or not it back into the mix adding Baca into the mix mm-hmm. adding brembry into the mix is ready to go ready to ready to compete right <laughs> it's it's honestly it's the hardest stretch of this of the remaining schedule and it's do or die i mean this team's either going to have it and they're going to be ready to go because they're going to come out, you know, 500, four and two, five and one, right. or they're going to be totally outclassed and outplayed. And then we'll know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to, yeah. I mean, and same for the Bulls. They come out of the All Star break starting Thursday, five game stretch. Hawks, Grizzlies, Heat, Hawks again, Bucks. Oh, wait. That's six games. (laughs) Hawks, Grizzlies, Heat, Hawks again, Bucks, and Sixers. Yeah. You know, the Hawks, obviously not on the same level as those other four teams I mentioned, but they are no team, nothing to sneeze at. I mean, this is a team that has had a, you know, was a a top five seed last year, has an all-star in Trey Young, has a very good supporting cast. They're never a, a walk in the park was
0: arguably one of the best in the league in Trey Young.
1: Right. Then you have the Grizzlies, who have been one of the top teams in the NBA this year. <laughs> yes, yeah, with an all with an MVP candidate leading the squad. The Heat, who are right now tied with the Bulls for first place. Then you have, of course, the defending champions in the Buck in the Bucks and the Sixers, who have dominated the Bulls for the entirety of Joel Embiid's career. Oh, and they just added uh, one of the best scorers in the history of the NBA. So. Definitely going to learn a lot about this team. The Bulls, as I've mentioned many times, have been ravaged by injuries. But we're finally starting to get good news. Zach Levine played in the All-Star game on Sunday. He looks fine. Hit a couple 360 dunks. Knees looking good. He'll be ready to go starting Thursday, so we'll have him back. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan is going to be there. Vucevic has been playing spectacularly well. And then we're starting to hear murmurs of Alex Caruso. He's back to shooting and dribbling. We love to see that. Good start. Lonzo Ball's on his way back. Patrick Williams should be back by the end of the year. So, like, we're starting to get ourselves back together. We just have to hold on till we have the full squad together. Oh, and don't forget, the Bulls just got Tristan Thompson. I hadn't even mentioned <sighs> that really? because it happened after our last episode. But the Bulls Surprise. did um, on Sunday or Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. The Bulls... Got Tristan Thompson. Uh, It was kind of funny. Rick Carlisle, the head coach of the Pacers, who Tristan Thompson was traded to in this bonus deal. He was like, Thompson put up 17 and six that night. It was like the best game he's had all season. And they were like asking Carlisle about like, oh, is he going to be around? He was like, no, he's not going to be around. We are actually, uh, (laughs) we're we're in the process of buying him out and he's going to another team. Not too far away. They are also in the Easter Conference. It starts with the C, ends with the B. It's a Chicago. It's a Chicago Bulls. He's like, it's it's the Bulls. Yeah, he's going to the Bulls. It was just <laughs> so funny. Like he was just like, yeah, he's not going to be around. No, and it was like, oh, like he beat Wode, he beat Shams, like <laughs> Rick Carlisle just broke the news right then and there like nonchalant
0: shames are like shit like, the shit for their phones yeah
1: but yeah I mean that's the, the camera that six game stretch much like yours is gonna tell us a lot about this team they have struggled mightily against like good teams like the top teams in the league this year. So if yeah. we can win some of these games Grizzlies, Heat, Sixers like that tell a lot about where we're at. Um because yeah for sure this they're on the cusp of doing something very very good but people still don't believe they're as good as those teams so we need to we need to show some you know show some gall show some wherewithal and and get some victories in those in that tough stretch
0: yeah absolutely Uh, it's it's crazy to think that we're gonna know like two weeks from now we'll know way more than we know Mm -hmm. currently yep about both of our teams yeah The second stretch I want to bring up, though, end of the month, end of March, being the month I'm talking about. Yeah. Three-game stretch, as you mentioned, the Grizzlies, that is – actually, this is all three road games, which really fucking sucks. Mm. Road Grizzlies, Road road Sixers, Road Nets all in a week. Mm. And that – if there's anything that, like – is left up in the air after the six game stretch. I think those three games will iron that out pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. That's another grueling three games. The Sixers and Nets both are, you know, reshaped heavily by trade, but you would think have would find some sort of a groove at least Mm -hmm. in by the end of the month. And, and you're looking, you know, the days are running out at that point after you finish that Sixers game, there's seven games left in the season. And in a race that's separated at this point by two and a half games, uh, every win for seating is going to matter. You want, especially you want top four, right? You want some sort of home field right. advantage, home court advantage for those that those matchups. And mm-hmm. I just, like you said the Sixers and Nets after that trade. It's just like oh, I hate both of you. Can you yeah, just like, God be nice? It, like it's just like I, I and the Sixers was like the you know, the process was fun and all that stuff, but the stain of Harden is just like gross. And yeah. the Nets are Kevin Durant and. New York teams ah, gross. Yeah, totally. Just Grizzlies, I'd be okay losing, but please don't lose the Sixers and Nets. So is there another stretch that you highlight? Because there's one point that we've kind of agreed on and I actually want to bring it a little bit broader. But
1: Yes, my second one is also a three-game road trip that the Bulls have in the middle of March. After a home game with the Cavs, which is also not an easy one, they go on a three-game Western trip, which is never easy historically difficult for the bulls they go sacramento utah and phoenix in a three-night stretch one day in between each one but i mean sacramento retooled heavily at the trade deadline i I was at the game the other day where they played the bulls they look like they're getting things together and they could by the time we see them on march 14th they could look a lot different like play wise and like be a lot more by turn. then. Yeah. And then of course, and then Utah and Phoenix. I mean, those are the top two of the top teams in the Western conference, two of the top four. Obviously the Suns are the best team in the NBA right now. They are going to be without Chris Paul, but this is that he's not, you know, the only thing keeping them afloat. Like they are uh, a very <laughs> well-rounded team that is deadly on all sides. And, it's not going to be easy. So, I mean, that's going to, the bulls are going to need to come out strong. And like I said, in the last five, six years, like that West coast trip has always, you know, the bulls have come back kind of like nursing their wounds and limping a little bit by the time they're back to Chicago. Um, it used to be the circus trip, like the, you know, the circus would come to town to the United center and the bulls um, would go out in like yeah. a six game stretch stretch in the West coast. And, would come back by the time and you know the season might already be over by the time they're back. But <laughs> different team, different circumstances. Uh we didn't have a Zach Levine or a DeMar DeRozan. So I feel I feel like better. You know, not not a hundred percent like, all right, we're going in there, we're taking all three, but like I feel we're gonna be competitive. We're gonna be, you know, fighting every night like we have been all season. And but it's it's just tough. Going west, those that time change, it's like tough. It's gonna be tough on me. Nine o'clock games every night. Like, come on, what are we doing?
0: <laughs> and you're not even in Eastern Time. What is? <laughs> what did you say the dates of that week? What week were?
1: Fourteenth. Those games. Fourteenth, sixteenth, and eighteenth.
0: And who's the fourteenth?
1: The Kings.
0: Okay, and then there's the Jazz the sixteenth?
1: Yep, Jazz sixteenth. Suns eighteenth.
0: Well, it looks like the Bucks and the Bucks and the Bulls planes might be waving to each other in the air as they fly by because <laughs> the Bucks are in are in um, the Bay Area on the twelfth, they're in um, Utah on the fourteenth, and they're in Sacramento wow. on the sixteenth. And now you just That's may funny. be scared for that stretch as well. So thanks that? for that. Really yeah, appreciate it. Of course, you. I got you. I got that? you.
1: I got you. It's be a tough one. But then one. the
0: third one I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah tough i look at it, basically what we're finding out is this whole next month and a half is gonna be tough <laughs> <laughs> really no breaks honestly. hey it's the NBA. Like, every game is tough yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well so but then the final one is and as you you mentioned a little bit before starting that west coast road trip obviously our teams have three matchups against each other mm-hmm. which is you know what we're ready to talk about. This is the rivalry of this podcast, but I'm going to throw a third team into there um, because the central division, not the divisions really matter in basketball anymore, but it's kind of really competitive. As you mentioned, those calves, you have two games against them. I have one, the last game of the season. I meaning my team that I cheer for and don't play for at all. Right. And then we have three matchups against each other. That's like, that's a lot of shuffling of uh, yeah. for three teams in the top five to have nine. Well, six, Math is hard. Six total games against each other in the past in the mm-hmm. next like 25. Like that's that, that that, that alone is gonna shake up the standings like crazy.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be a very uh interesting sight. You know, the first time we saw the Bulls play the Bucks, it was a, an ugly game. <laughs> Low scoring. Probably one of the
0: yeah worst games I've seen. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely the worst like Bulls offensive performance I've seen all season, and I'm sure you would say the same for the Bucks.
0: I say, weren't um, they like two, a combined like five of thirty from three or some shit like that? It was probably worse than was, that, Honestly, it was brutal.
1: It was so bad. But it. But I mean, that told me a lot. That game itself told me a lot about the Bulls because they were without a lot of their key guys. Also lost. You know, well, Caruso played the rest of that game, he shouldn't have, but with a broken wrist. And then but, you know, the fact that DeRozan carried us, you know, we had our guys, we fought till the bitter end. We were ten point underdogs going into that game. Ended up coming down to like the final possession, only losing by four. Um, it just showed yeah. that this team has a lot of resiliency. And I think we're gonna get a really good chance to uh to prove ourselves and you know how we stack up with the world champs, like despite the fact we're ahead of them right now in the standings, like they're still the crown holders until proven otherwise. So.
0: Right. Exactly. They
1: they have the experience, they have the freak. And so it's going to be a very nice, like I've said this word already, but measuring stick for the bulls to go up against the bucks for three games, including two at home, which should be a great atmosphere with grace and Allen coming into the United center.
0: Yeah, that's going to be Boo Boo City. You said, you said it was worse than what I said uh, by f- 5 for 30. Yeah, it was way worse. A 13 for 69.
1: Yeah, um, from I was going to say if, if two teams in the NBA took only 30 combined three-pointers, uh, I feel like you'd be talking about like 2002.
0: Yeah, that's probably correct. Um, shows you how much I know about stats and counting numbers in my head. Yeah, no, but absolutely. You You mentioned <clears> – <throat> The crown's still in our hands, but nobody's ready to make it easy for us to, to keep it there. Definitely not. You know, as mentioned, we're sitting fifth in the standings. If the playoffs started today, we're not hosting a playoff, an opening round playoff series and actually probably any playoff series. That is alone absurd for uh, a defending champion to say that, um, especially one that retained the entire core of the team, aside from a, like a player here or there, there that that were role role players. Right. I, <laughs> And and the cat the Cavs the Bulls are both looking to you know dethrone the Bucks the the Sixers and Heat have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I mean it's just going to be every game and every win matters from here till April tenth when the season wraps up. Yeah, and and even
1: when you look at the Bulls and the Bucks schedule, I'm sure you see games where you're like, well, that's a win. But this season, I mean, and the NBA is such a night by night league. Like, I mean, we saw like not the that bucks long ago the
0: blazers before right.
1: the break the blazers i mean the pistons came into milwaukee and beat the bucks like yeah that happens every night where like so you look at a game and you see the pistons like you can't just be like oh well that's a w like you gotta be on your on your game like because those guys can they're young and hungry and they're looking to play spoiler they're looking to get in you know come in and steal a win and and get a little confidence boost even though their seasons are over long over but you can't discount anything no when it comes to the nba so like you said every game is going to matter down the stretch there's so many teams that are fighting for that to be out of that you know play in game
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's going to be a lot of interesting storylines in this final uh i mean like two and a half months so strap in yeah
0: the play-in be game really is fun. is it seven through ten
1: yeah so it's seven through ten so seven plays eight Wait.
0: Seven seven? plays ten, eight plays nine.
1: Yeah, that sounds more correct.
0: I would think so. Just classic bracket format. But that's a race alone right now in the Eastern Conference that's separated by four and a half games. And the 10th seed, as you mentioned, the the Hawks, I mean, they're Mm -hmm. all... nine and a half games out of first place like there's there is not a sure thing in this in this league right now and there never is a sure thing in professional sports every team is is capable of beating anybody on you know it's the old classic football mantra any given sunday but this is any given tuesday or thursday or saturday or monday i mean this is just you know Mm. show up and show out because you 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 gotta win like you know yeah we're all our teams are looking to not be on the road for the first playoff matchup. Two would be even better, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm sitting here as the Bucks right now. Five seed is just not where you want to be, right? Going into going into the start of this,
1: and actually the the plan tournament is this eight, eight seven versus eight, and then nine versus ten, and then the loser of the seven or eight game plays the winner of the nine and ten game, because then the you know it wouldn't make sense for like the nine and ten seed to advance. Versus the one of the seven and an eight seeds.
0: So seven, eight plays nine, mm-hmm. and 10 play loser of the seven, eight game plays the winner of the nine, 10.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, uh, so basically the eight. The, okay. That makes sense. Now that I think yeah. about it. All right. I got you. You want, so then the winner the of the seven, best. eight
1: game becomes the seven seed. And then the winner of the eight versus nine slash 10 becomes the eight seed.
0: It's double elimination for eight through 10. Well, yes, no, exactly. it's double elimination, double elimination for eight. If you suck that bad, one of the other teams are gonna jump you. All right. Cool. Well, that's good to know.
1: Yeah. But it should be a fun stretch. We'll definitely be covering it. And um I I, am looking forward to seeing the Bucks and Bulls play three separate times.
0: Very much so. That's gonna be a beef to finish this up. I do want to point out you said you didn't want to do keys. Um there's one key that I'm desperately looking for the Bucks to improve on to get out of that fifth spot. I uh, just want to throw some numbers at you here. Um, broke it down. Thanks to stat news. Didn't realize how awesome a website this was quarter by quarter uh, in the NBA this year. Who's, you know, who best in points per game. Um, mm-hmm. Bucks are th- third in the first third in the second. A. Well, wow, I can't count two, four, six. I'm going to call that eight unless I'm missing something here eighth in the third quarter and all the way down in 11th in the fourth quarter points per game. That is 29.3, 28.8, 28 point. Nope. Wow. I didn't sort the damn thing. 28.2 still in the right place. They didn't change at all. And then 26.7, um, not that that's the only set that tells metrics, but it really feels like when you watch this team this season, they they just start like lose steam in the second half, and mm-hmm. and that kind of supports that theory. Conversely, your Bulls d- don't seem to start very hot. They're bottom ten in in the first quarter at only twenty seven points, so it's not really mm-hmm. a th- thick margin there. Um, but then they jump in the second quarter to uh, eighth, and then they finish. In the top, the, the well, they're the best fourth quarter team. Twenty-eight point six minutes, yeah. p- points a game in the fourth quarter, and and that's
1: uh, that's all thanks to that's thanks to one man in particular, and that's Demar Derozan.
0: Demar Derozan leads yeah, the NBA who, in
1: fourth quarter scoring. Um, came alive yeah. in that. In Go that, on and on.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean just that's where you that's that's what you'd want to see not falling mm. further and further down the list every quarter um yeah falling it's flatter, been a complaint right? of yeah it's been and i and that's not even that's only offensive stats. that's not even a lot defensive stat points allowed i mean the past few box scores have just been hair you know i want to pull my hair out i look back at the sun's game and look back at the um the sixers game that was right before the break and um i mean they just fall flat it's something they really have to improve on. And I, I I don't think they're going to go very far unless they can figure out how to be as, as good in the second half as they are in the first half.
1: Yeah, definitely got to be able to close out games, especially when you're playing good teams. You got, if you're winning in that first half, you got to be able to close it out. So um, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see. uh, I'm very much looking forward to the stretch run. Like I said, and, and the playoffs are going to be, a bloodbath this year. It's, it's going to be <laughs> hyper competitive, hyper uh hopefully a lot of excitement for, for everyone involved. Um
0: I'm saying this now so you can check me when it happens in the playoffs. Uh, I won't even be mad if the if the Bucks lose because it's just so many good teams. Like yeah. it just feels I felt like I was scared going into last year, but it's it's not just the Nets to worry about. Like they're just an absolute assault from first round yeah. to championship. Cause, cause the, the winner of the East likely gets the fine, fine prize of playing the the sons or the warriors, which both look like just death machines right now.
1: Yeah. That'll be, it'll be wild. Whatever the finals matchup is, is going to be entertaining. Oh,
0: must see TV. Um, I'll be
1: ready to watch either way. Yeah. Uh, let's finish quickly with baseball. Um, we had a little bit of news on the lockout front. It seems like there's sort of some, you know, agreements coming, some, some, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of the prior associations. Yeah. It seems to be making a little bit of progress, but also seem to be a little more, um, able to kind of conform or just kind of like twist their ways to make it a little easier to find agreements with the owners. Um, because it just seems like. At least from my perspective, that there has been little to no progress since the talks began.
0: Oh, from everyone's perspective, there was six months or six weeks of silence from the original mm-hmm. lockout. You're like, well, all right, so you locked them out. Wouldn't you want to like work on meeting? And the first few updates were like, well, they met today for fifteen minutes, and then people walked out. It's like, right. oh my god, really? Does anybody mm-hmm. f-ing care? And but does really, anybody want to play baseball? Yeah, and you know, the MLP would be like, we're you? you know we're in good faith. We want to play. It's like, really? Cause you make no effort. Like well, the offers it, were just yeah. so far apart. And they're the ones that have all the control of everything. So you're like, Oh, of course right. you don't actually want to play or else you wouldn't be locking out. Whatever. Don't want to get too much on that, on that high of a horse, but it just feels like the owners don't actually care. And we've known all along there. I just, the MLB feels so focused on short-term profit that they're prepared to, or, Unaware that they're sacrificing the long-term health and longevity of the sport, right? Because because Ooh. it's not even that like people are getting mad at this point. People are getting apathetic. It's like people they're are so apathetic. So yeah,
1: people are Nobody- like. Then the younger audience does not care at all, um and the Don't MLB care. doesn't care to sort of allow these young players to flourish. You know, a lot yeah. of people might. A lot of people might look at this this lockout and think it is billionaire owners fighting with millionaire players like it is not about the millionaire players like this is about the guys who are on their you know rookie deals these are guys in the minor leagues who are getting shorted out on what they deserve and the rookies who are getting their service time manipulated like when that uh what was it the president of the mariners came out and just like laid it all on the table
0: yeah, and, um, and I, I don't even want to think about
1: it. But said the quiet power said the quiet part out loud, and you know uh, admitted they're in a manipulating service time, and they're gonna do it again. Like they're gonna do it to yeah. you know you Jared this this day. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, right.
0: And and the you know not wanting to pay for interpreters, like he just yeah. it just shows you everything that's wrong with the way they're all he's out of- on the table. Yeah. And, and a f- so, Rotary Club meeting. <laughs> yeah, a Rotary Club meeting of all goddamn places. On Zoom, where you can Zoom. record everything. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. Just, just boneheaded. Anyways, um, you said a little bit of progress. They're kind of coming together. A few of the big things being talked about, um, obviously, increased wages. Uh, mm. So the first-year players, obviously, the th- past few years, it's been like in the five or six hundred thousand dollars is the you know your first year in the majors and then it increases like 30k every year 15k every year something like that um but now they're looking for uh 30k increases in the first year It's seven hundred seventy five thousand dollars as like basically your rookie minimum um which is already a big jump uh and it what what should it should be easy to agree on because it's like the total savings in that is like a few mil for these billionaire owners like it's just absurd um, but the biggest one that I, I think the, one of the most interesting ones that's kind of a new fold is the bonus pool for players. And it's once it seems to be a big talking point, um, there, this this idea that the top 30 or you know set number of players in in war production would get extra money. Um, and it it seems to be a really good incentive to protect, as we said, those, those players like, you know, say Vlad Guerrero or say Shane Bieber, who are destroying the major leagues and they're getting Mm -hmm. $600,000, like give them a pool of a hundred mil to draw from where they get another, you know, two to $3 million bonus for just being an absolute force, um, I think it has a lot of potential, and I hope they actually get a sizable agreement. I think at one point the union wanted like $115 million among like 30 players, and then the freaking owners are like, well, how about $20 million over 10 players or some shit like that? And it was like, okay, these, you know, they're just being pissy about it for no reason. Right. Um but you're going to see tweets especially if you follow the beat writers uh Rosenthal, Drellich, uh Passin, Jesse Rogers. These are all names that you'll follow ba- baseball media really closely. You're going to see a lot of um but the biggest point of progress is when they start to talk about uh CBT the cl- um, competitive balance tax, which is basically the luxury threshold for um the MLB. They haven't it's like the biggest sticking point uh nobody's moved on their numbers that even immediately, immediately or initially proposed and we, i just don't think we'll see any sort of real progress until they actually get to discussing it and see movement or compromise of some sort on on that number alone because that's 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 where you know these owners are afraid to go over the cap so they have to start paying all these ta- the cap quote unquote to so not pay all these taxes um that's why they're you know they lowball players and They want to keep under this 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 tax line. And the players want it to be hired, which cause higher um Higher tax line means more money per like individual mid market free agent contract. I'm not talking like your Scherzer fifty mil or whatever the hell he signed. It's like the you know the Mike Moustakis, four years six million dollars before he finally got paid by Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Like those are the deals that are almost as bad, if not worse, than the the young guys who you talked about who are having to waste in arbitration and and right. auto renewing salaries for seven years until they finally hit their thirtieth birthday. So. Mm-hmm it's progress and it's good cause they're finally aggressively talking, but it's just like, why did it take this long? And like, actually like pretend you're serious about it for 10 minutes Yeah. and mostly to the owners. Cause they just don't budge.
1: It's just, it just sucks because we should not be dealing with this kind of stuff right now. We should be, you know, pitchers and catchers should have been there a week ago. We should be talking about moves and you know, who's going to make rosters and you know, watching these players in, in spring training. And, you know, you, you shared me with me the post about, um, Chris Bryan, and Anthony Rizzo mic'd up during the spring training oh, game. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what baseball's about, man. Like not sitting in a hotel room and arguing over 5%. Like, come on, let's, let's get to baseball. Yeah. Let's find, let's find this common ground here. Um, well, and, and then another. I mean, ugly hopefully by the end of this, this week. Hopefully by the end of this week, we'll kind of get a, a, a clearer picture um, because we are getting very close to to opening day being pushed back.
0: Yeah, they had said the owners had set a February 28th um, agreement or deadline for like if we can get a deal done by this date we won't have to delay anything and obviously the attempt is isn't that they're going to do exactly what they did during the pre lockout phase and be like well we set the deadline and we told them what we needed to do to try and strike a deal and we attempted to and mm. here we are and, and you know that's what's going to happen we're going to lose i mean uh you know i pray it comes quick because there's going to be a lot of news to talk about between trades and free agency and spring yeah. training and uh, you know but i have a feeling we're missing 2 weeks at this point easy of the season um, which is which is I hope I'm wrong but it just sucks to say that and another even worse wrinkle of people people go oh well minor leagues are still happening which is true minor league camp has started off and mm-hmm. the season is going as general and in other good news they the MLB was trying to pursue cutting down the minor leagues from 180 players to 150 um thankfully they let go of that so that's staying around which is nice i mean a that's, lot of the, you know the argument is it's a lot of the guys who are like the single a like you know won't get out of double a kind of you know bodies but a lot of those guys like end up retiring and go being coaches and help you know grow the game something which mlb never does right. Getting too many times here um but the only downside of the mlb roster or the mlb minor the minor league starting up again is if a player is on a 40 man roster was protected pre you know pre-lockout by putting on a 40 put it being put on a 40 man they can't participate because that's technically an mlb an mlb roster and the mlb is locked out so there's a lot of big name prospects who just are again missing out on crucial development time Mm -hmm. in whatever it's so stupid yeah here we are yelling at billionaire owners yet again.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly I wanted to talk about the rumors of the whole like the the murmurings of Anthony Rizzo, but it feels sort of pointless at this point waiting for this to go through. I mean, there've been talk, you know, I, Anthony we'll talk give us
0: give us something yeah. to look forward
1: to yeah i mean so bruce levine is an insider for the cubs was on uh 670 the score which is a radio station here in chicago and they were talking about sort of where these cubs players are going to end up these former cubs players are going to end up um they were saying he's like you know it does seem a little bit silly to think that that chris Bryant would ever come back would come back here because he's just got so much more opportunity in other places and blah 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 um but they mentioned they were like what about a guy like anthony rizzo and bruce levine said you know there have been talks there have been or there have been rumors that the cubs are willing to bring him back on a short-term deal so we'd be looking at he said a two-year deal around 40 million dollars with a third-year option now normally you'd be like okay obviously rizzo seems like a guy who'd want to come back to chicago he's on the kind of later side of his career i would say um in terms of like prime production um and but when you start throwing out realistic numbers and terms and uh that sort of contract details that feels a little more than rumors to me that makes me yeah, think that the cubs and bit. him have had i've had talks and bruce levine is privy to that information so if we're if if you're me, I'm thinking, damn, like the fact that Anthony Rizzo come back to town um, would be huge for this team and and just for the like the morale surrounding the team because it's been so, just the the last, I mean, almost year watching this team has been difficult to say the least and we've lost that core that brought us the championship in 2016 and to be able to bring back one of our guys a guy who has you know done so much for this city not just on the field but you know all around for you know for the children's hospitals for charity for all that and to have him come back and be at first base again wearing 44 like That's just special. That's the kind of special thing that that, like I said, makes baseball so great. So, I would love to see it back. I don't really know what the Cubs plan. I know they've talked about rebuild on the fly, retooling. You know, they're still in the they're still in the in the talks for you know before the lockout happened. I mean, they were hot and heavy with the talks on Carlos Correa. Yeah. You had well, and people they
0: suddenly signed Strowman out of nowhere. Yeah, they had I, I honestly and it was forget like, that that happened.
1: Right, that felt like oh, so they're not tanking. Like yeah, they're they're actually going to try. Like okay, so I'm interested. I want. That's why I want this lockout to be over. I want to see movement. I want to see who are the Cubs like. What are the Cubs doing? What are they planning? Like, are they going to offer a sh- you know this contract to Anthony Rizzo? Are they going to offer a contract to Carlos Correa? Like. Let's get it going so we can get back to like what we really want to be seeing, which is player movement and the excitement that comes with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll never know. But the, the where you're right with beat orders, writers write when they have a hunch on something. Um, but I don't think currently at this time with the lockout that teams and players can communicate. No, uh, no, I don't think so. So I'd be interested to see, cause that would imply then that these talks were happening pre lockout, um, which would really signal some serious Cubs intent on being competitive. And I, I feel like if we go back and talk with, you know, I don't know if we ever truly had a trade deadline or post line. Trade deadline breakdown, but it always just felt like when Rizzo left and the videos of him walking around Wrigley and and the way mm. he all started was like thank you and he you know walked out and saluted the crowd and all that, it never felt like he was gonna it was gonna be a long goodbye. Um, yeah, I, it would it would be fantastic to see because he feels like he's a, a guy who regardless of where he finishes his career, he's gonna come back and retire in Cubby Blue, um, and that number will be retired. Uh, but I just. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that his Chicago story is not is not yet fully written. There's another chapter coming.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope you're right in that regard. Um, but you know, as we as we said for the last you know 15 minutes, get this thing sorted out. We want to see baseball. We want to talk baseball. We want to be able to preview the season properly and watch our teams go out there. Um, so hopefully by by next week. And that deadline hits, we're we're looking at uh spring training going getting underway. But <laughs> if I I'm, have to uh, sit through I'm a <laughs> summer in
0: three years with with an abbreviated baseball season, yeah, I think I might lose my mind.
1: I mean, I, and I or think my MLB, fandom,
0: one of the two, right?
1: And I think MLB <laughs> will learn that a lot of people are going to be losing their fandom. So oh. hopefully, they they wise up. Um, that's all I've got. Uh, I think we've we've gone on much longer than we thought we would with a, with a dead week as we called it. Um, yeah. but
0: dead what? Pre- who said that pretty, Not me.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, scrub the recordings. Um, <laughs> great show as always. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, keep showing us love, you know, as you, as you guys always do, we love, we love the support, um, you know where to find us. Instagram, Twitter will be in the info. Follow us on there uh for more updates you know you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts leave a five-star review share with a friend share with an enemy um anything else evan
0: figure it out baseball that's all i yeah figure it it. out
1: i like it well for evan i'm frank we're the y94 podcast we'll talk to you later peace peace